Where are you going? I've got to return some videotapes. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the video store. Open the doors after a long, long break over shake the those cobwebs shake off. the cobwebs off, uh, dust off the movies. Uh, we're back to to late fees. This is a podcast where we run your favorite films and filmmakers through the gauntlet to figure out if they belong or if it is time to put them back on the shelf. I'm your host, Justin. I'm here. With the boys of late fees, Pafifi, Eric, and Cam. What's going on, everybody? Yo. Hello. Hello. What's up? Drinking coffee on a crisp winter Saturday night. It's fucking freezing. It is very chilly. <laughs> for, it's an L.A. winter, folks. Uh, we, we are back after a long, uh, almost a month, like three, four week layover after Thanksgiving, after our last, our last episode, the, the wrestling episode with Jin Yamato yeah. uh, from a month ago. Uh, we finally shook the itis. We're all awake now. Yes, we're Food awake. Coma's over. Right before Christmas to give you guys a, a special Christmas before Christmas, I guess, uh, episode here. This is our Christmas episode. This is our Christmas. Yeah. Christmas yeah, with Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris. Putting the Chris in Christmas episode. Oh, <laughs> That's very true. With our Christ, uh, Christopher. No. <laughs> no, that's where I draw the line. Somebody's Christ. He is a Chris. He is a God, Christopher Nolan. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, so much stuff has happened uh, since the last time we 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 we've we've uh, we've been on here. Uh, I met Pat's cat. Uh, he's hanging out with us right now. He's hanging out with us right, right now, Elijah. He's like, did somebody say my name? Hey. What do you what do you fuckers want? He's back in. Uh... He's like very, very freaking out yeah, right now. Yeah, there's, there's not usually this many people at the house. Yeah, this is the first time we're recording at uh, at my apartment. The humble abode of the yeah. Pafif. We're in Palms. Uh, we're, in, we're in Mar Vista. We're in Mar Vista, brother. Excuse me, brother. <laughs> um, I just keep forgetting that you know Los Angeles districting is like is arbitrary. And <laughs> Absolutely. It, it ain't either. <laughs> uh, I don't think uh, Elijah's seen this much uh, testosterone in, in your No, he uh, hasn't. He yeah. Has, in he your apartment. Not. So much realness has yes. permeated <laughs> into the apartment here. Uh, Real hog hours. A lot of things have come out, a lot of movies, but, but more importantly, a lot of nominations have yeah. come out those, uh, those since those then. Controversial Globe noms. Very, very controversial. I fucking hate the Golden Globes. Why do you hate the Golden Globes? I just don't think they're... Uh, I don't think they're respectable. That's uh, fair. I take one. Uh, <laughs> I want to jinx myself for the future here, uh, but uh, I don't. I think anything that uh, inherently breaks up uh, drama and comedy uh, isn't like you don't have to do that. Yeah. Like it, it, I just inherently don't like that attitude about uh, storytelling. Yeah. Uh, but. And also, also, like, it's just where all the celebrities get drunk and, like, yeah. hang out before the Oscars, which they actually take seriously. Out of all <laughs> the symbolic, hollow uh, uh, nominations and award shows that, like, prop up Hollywood, this is the most symbolic. And, like, I just feel like it's the most 
uh, parallel to like access journalism. Like the Hollywood Foreign Press Association just wants to hang out with celebrities, <laughs> and like whoever it is that year, like the year they nominated uh, the tourist for a bunch of shit, like one of the worst movies <laughs> of all time, just so they could get drunk with Johnny Depp, like when. Uh, he was actually um, not a monster. He's always been a monster, but before it came out that he was a monster. Um, but yeah, it just seems like very much like our our uh, White House correspondence as well. Just like just the most accessy of access journalism and um, patting themselves on the back more so than the Oscars. I've actually, I've actually never watched a full broadcast of the Golden Globes. It's a Globes. shit show. I'm, I can barely make it to the Oscars. I can't. Yeah. Oh yeah, super boring. Watch the Golden Globes. Super boring. Get, get out. Yeah, they're they are literally shit faced and that's like the only thing that keeps me tuned in. Like who's gonna get the most like cringy, overly long speech. I think I think last year's Globes was when Tom Middleston uh talked about Who the about, fuck is that? You know, the, Loki. Loki. Hiddleston. 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 Uh, he is Middleston, though. Yeah, he is mid. Middle, middle <laughs> man. You're thinking of Middleditch. Yeah, my yeah, my, my brain's in comedy mode. Tom Middleditch. Tom Hiddleston uh, gave the uh, the cringe of all cringe when he was like bragging about his his uh, philanthropy work in like the Sudan. It was like how he like single handedly <laughs> saved the Sudan, and it cuts to Christian Slater, and Christian Slater's like shaking his head like no. <laughs> it's like one. It's like the gif of all time. Uh, like. Dude, bail, bail, bail. Yeah, it's more um, self-important than than usual, which is that's a high mark to clear. So let's let's quickly go through, uh, and and I will we'll shoot off our winners and shoot off our thoughts about this. Who do you think we're gonna win? Okay. And, and, oh, and what are our thoughts? In <laughs> we can hop around because there's like teams yeah. I'm gonna stuff. go. I'm gonna go through the big ones. Uh, the big al- ones. Also, you guys, I gotta be honest with you. I, I know we uh, put up a pretty good uh, facade over here, but other than Eric. We don't even see these fucking movies. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I see... I, I feel like I see fucking all of them. And then I look at this list, and I'm like, God damn, I didn't see any of these movies. <laughs> this is my cross today. Uh, I'm, I'm trying real hard. Uh, uh, some of us didn't see all these movies, man. I didn't see some of them, but... three of the, the best motion picture dramas, and I still plan on seeing if Bill Street could talk. Yeah, that's that's definitely like... I haven't ones. seen Bohemian Rhapsody. And then let's get to that one. Okay, yeah, yeah, let's get to that one right yeah. now. So the best motion picture uh, of, of the drama category, uh, hot, very hotly contested for a lot of different reasons, uh, and I think it actually falls it falls victim to the same issue from The Taurus that Eric just talked about with one of these movies be, actually being objectively bad, and people are celebrating it here as the best motion picture. Uh, Black Panther, Black Klansman, notice the trend there. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody's... Uh, if Bill Street could talk and a star is born. So like two of those things are not like literally the other. Okay, let's get the good things out of the way first. Yeah. Because I, as somebody who's negative on the Globes overall, the the good things about this are uh, Black Panther, Black Klansman, and if Bill Street could talk. Representation. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That is really sick. Three black directors, three black casts. Um, Globes, I think, usually do the heavy lifting. I think that was last year too. Um, in a post-Oscar so white world that um, that diver- diversity really shows through. <laughs> Finally, we're in the post-Oscar so white world. <laughs> um, so glad to be here. Um, yeah, because you can tell so much has changed. <laughs> um, but yeah, I still haven't seen Beale Street, but like we already know Barry Jenkins is god tier, um, uh, unfuckwithable. Um, so from what I hear, and obviously Regina King can't make any mistake. So I'm glad this movie is. Um, you know, getting the accolades it deserves. Yeah. Uh, now that that's out the way. Yeah, here's the thing. I'll, I'll tell you this. Black Panther shouldn't be in this category. Black Landsman is 
the only other movie I've seen in this category. It's great. You still haven't seen Star Wars Born? I still haven't seen a Star Wars Born. Oh, so all those gifts we, I've seen you are just known. <laughs> I, I like them. There's a lot of people. Well, what, were you, what were you going to say, Cam? Um, Bohemian Rhapsody was a movie that I saw more negative exactly about the film than positive it, especially it, about uh freddie mercury's portrayal in the film it belongs yeah. in this category way less than black panther does yeah. as far as well it's like, like the tourist movie. thing that's yeah. what i was yeah. going to bring up it's like a movie that was pretty much lambasted and it's only winning because it kind of sparked uh like a social media type buzz whereas like everyone's loving queen again yeah, yeah. But, but as far as i understand they there's little to no portrayal of Freddie Mercury's sexuality yeah, yeah. oh really like, well, that's the big like that was a big talking point yeah oh. I saw a tweet that was like a star or a star is Jesus Christ uh, Bohemian Rhapsody would have you believe that Freddie Mercury died from being a musician <laughs> <laughs> they don't address it at all they kind of whitewashed um, his battle with AIDS his death from AIDS his I mean obviously they like allude to it's like a really prudish movie like there, it's, it's as a guy as sexual who um emanated such sexual energy and was like the sex symbol they really whitewashed his sexuality and just uh, homosexuality in general and his and what it meant to live with aids at that time yeah and like how can the movie not be about those things (laughs) and honestly i think that's i mean we can get into the other glaring issue with that is that it's a Brian Singer movie. And yeah. Yeah, we might be living in a post-Oscar so white world, but we're still very much living in a Me Too world and uh, Time's Up world. And Brian Singer, who is a serial offender, allegedly, of abusing little boys, exploiting little, as in, like, 17, barely legal. Young men. Young, Young men. men, yeah. Um, you know, power dynamics, underage men. Um, For him to tell this story, too, yeah. has always been kind of And, like, iffy. I think the credit... I don't think he's still credited as a director. Which, yeah, because you know, he, he left, right? He got yeah. suspended for something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think... Like, Even Raimi were fucking throwing fist yeah, at Yeah, apparently Raimi Malik might like put the paws on him. I love Raimi Malik too. I, that's one of the things that I was like, when when he replaced... The original person who was going to play Mercury was Baron Cohen, Sacha Baron Cohen. Yeah. Which would have been, been crazy because you would have seen like this older Mercury portrayal, yeah. which would have been cool. But uh, I think Raimi Malik is a guy who has never been given like his just due in a role. Like I've... Uh, he was in this show called The War at Home, which is a show that aired after Family Guy when its new episode started, and he was hilarious in that. I didn't really see him again until Mr. Robot, which was a show that I don't like, but I think he's really good in. And then I saw him in this, and I was like, well, okay, if anybody's replacing Sasha, like, this could be cool. Yeah. But then it just appeared to be totally toothless. Like, yeah. uh, like I don't like his teeth. his teeth crazy I I think Baron Cohen walked away I think those creative differences that drove Baron Cohen away from the biopic was the the, him versus the estate versus Singer I think Singer was still attached then too was about sexuality. I think that's what Baron Cohen wanted to talk about. Wanted to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, he's Uh, he like he pushes you know um, social stuff to the forefront instead of making it like background texture or in this case completely uh, void and not there at all. Um, I I think here in this this yeah best drama Black Panther though yeah best drama Drama. Black. (laughs) I I I saw this and I said, is there any drama in this movie? And I said, I guess Killmonger's. Thing is dramatic. The most dramatic thing is like the, his last line. Yeah. Of the film. Yeah. And it, I, I, well, you know the the part with his father when he go when he when he the, the flower thing and he goes and sees his father and he's crying and stuff like that. That part's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a cool part, but, but it's like. But then every Marvel villain is. I mean, granted, 
Killmonger is a far the best villain Marvel's ever done, but it is a <coughs> yeah, it is a beat for beat Marvel villain. So yeah. does that make every they romanticize movie? him a lot in the movie? It's, it's okay. I mean the and I'm speaking as someone who's more or less an apologist for Marvel movies, DC movies. I like superhero shit unless it's really bad. I'm not gonna dislike it. It that's just how it is. Uh, I, knowing I saw Black Panther a little late because I don't just go rush out to these anymore. <laughs> and like knowing that like how hyped his character was and seeing him in the opening scene where like he fucking like basically takes down like some museum administrators yeah. and shit. I was just like, I see. This is the like this is where like the quote unquote meat of this story is like gonna be he doesn't appear again for like 45 minutes in the movie he's he's fantastic in the movie but like he like he kills every role he's in like that's not a how do we not realize at this point like that's not a reason to think something is great everyone in this movie is really great it's there are points when yes it's dramatic and riveting it's a really well-made high-budgeted action movie coogler coogler is good yeah but it is also a movie where the cia are helping out the people that they oppress yeah (laughs) Yeah, and like, to, to, like get, breaking down the social issues of it, like, could turn into, like, a ten hours long conversation, but really, like, a movie that is made by, like, just the biggest studio in the world as what, again, regardless of the quality of the movie, there are really good things about a lot of these movies, but it's a movie that is a product. It mm-hmm. is first and foremost a product, and everyone knows that. Even if we all like the product, yeah, that's cool. It's fun. It doesn't belong in a list with these other movies. It's yeah. crazy. It is crazy. It's, it's really easy to pick that particular film's flaws as well when you line it up against the field that it's against. Like, yeah. It just doesn't hold up particularly. No. Nah. Especially yeah. against Black Klansmen. Oh. They're actually... And I know, like, Eric, you weren't, like, a huge fan of Black, Black Klansmen, but it at least says something about something. It's, it's a also complex a, movie. Yeah. It's also a literal drama. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I get it. Like, the, the taxonomy fucks things up. Like, when you split, like Pat said earlier, when you split things up unnecessarily into, like, musical, comedy, drama, you pigeonhole, you have to foist a a meaning onto these movies that they may not necessarily have to make them fit nice and cleanly into these categories. But there, there's a 10 seconds of drama in Black Panther. Yeah. Um, and then he turns into like then he just dies we're like conflating tension with drama like there yeah. are tense moments with battle sequences and shit and uh, Killmonger makes interesting if not problematic flawed political sociopolitical commentary do, do you think that they did this from Disney pressure or they did this just to, to hang on to the social and again I feel like two of these movies on here is because of what they did Socially and, and throughout, like, Instagram, Twitter, all that shit. Do you yeah. feel like Black Panther is first and foremost the movie that they picked to be on this list because of what it did back in February? Yeah, it's probably a combination of the two. Like, I think both things can be true. Yeah. Like, there's the, the studio influence and then the social influence, which, you know, even if out, out state, uh, overly stated or, um, like, as I was saying off mic earlier, it's like, it's weird that, like, a movie, like... Um, Boots Riley's, sorry, to bother you wasn't on this, which was like more of a comedy, sure. It could have been on the comedy list, but like, you know, it's an you know, absurdist satire. But like, that also speaks to a, it was black director, mm-hmm. all black cast, um, dealt with class in a way that we rarely see yeah. in film. Um, but like, for some reason, like the rallying cry was, I mean, like you said, like I wasn't the biggest fan of Black Klansman, you weren't the biggest fan of uh, Sorry to Bother You, but 
It, it should have been on there. There's weird consensus building. Like, that's a great debut. It's not perfect. It's, it's wacky. It's a big swing yeah. that yeah. is, like, going to be talked about for a long yeah. time. It didn't get nominated for anything, did it? No, it got shut it out here. Crazy. Yeah. The, the thing about Black Panther, I think, is, like, if they, they're looking at if Beale Street could talk and Black Klansman, and then they're thinking, like, if we can also put Black, uh, Black Panther on this list, a movie that, like, fits congruously with the other two representational movies that we have, and also, like, a huge blockbuster that everyone loved and will get the traction for viewership for the yeah, show. Yeah, viewership is also we have, a like, part. Why would we not do that? It's a slam dunk, and I understand it, but it just makes me respect the Globes even less. I don't think it's going to win. I, I think you say there's no way that... Yeah, there's, I, it's, yeah, exactly. I think the movie that is going to win is a movie we're actually not talking about at all, or one of them, but uh, A Star is Born, I think, got yeah, the sewn up. How that is in a musical... Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't, I don't really know if that's a musical, though. But... There are musical sections. There is music is the Music is the soul of the movie. Here's, here's the thing. If there are songs on the soundtrack that are original songs from the movie, <laughs> it's, a, it's a musical. That's, my, that's how I feel. Right. A, but I would say that... I'd say it's 70-30. Drawing with a musical. I mean, that opening number, though, baby. Fire. The, the, most, <laughs> the, the tracking shot where you like... Make sure when he walks out, pivots the camera so you can see him taking a pill. Pivots yeah. the other way. I have tequila. Like, two <laughs> vices right there, baby. I thought it was a great movie. That was hard. Yeah, it didn't need to be as long as it did. You could have cut out like a third of the second act. But, I'm, uh, okay, I'm so going to say Star is Born. Yeah, Let, let's start blowing through these. All right, Star is uh, Born is going to win Best Do drama. you think, does Gaga and, uh, do, do they, do Gaga and Cooper take the, take their respective categories? Gaga does Cooper. Who's, who's, who's also best, best actor? Uh, uh, William Defoe, Lucas Hedges, Rami Malek, and John David Washington. It's, I think that's that's Bradley. All I think day. Bradley's gonna win. I mean, here's the I thing. don't even know what Eternity's Gate is. Yeah, Defoe. I, it's um, I I know what like if I I could pick it out of a lineup. I don't know what it is right now. It, Defoe gets nominated for a role like this pretty often. Like, He's not gonna win. It's like a it's sea, like Florida sea, project or uh, fishing in the Yemen. Like this one, <laughs> like that one random movie. Like what the fuck? Is this? Yeah. <laughs> like, it has enough star power to like like it broke through. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're like, will I watch Willem Dafoe do this? Yeah. Like, sure, I guess. Yeah. Also, <laughs> He's not gonna win for that. Speaking of Dafoe, I uh, legendary. Uh, hog size apparently just throwing that out there All right. known for his big hog okay I like where this known for his hog don't right. know who told you that Elijah <laughs> <laughs> it was a Martin Scorsese anecdote actually um, uh, okay best motion picture musical or comedy Crazy Rich Asians The Favorite Green, Green Book <laughs> uh, Mary Poppins Returns or Vice I think, I, think the, I think Green Book is it's like the inverse of what we're talking about with the drama category it's like shoehorning in a white savior movie to counterbalance all of this other representation because <laughs> it is an offensive movie. Um, uh, the f- is, okay, the favorite seems is the hugely critical favorite to win this. Yeah, it's like... Vice? But I think Vice... It's going to come down between... I think Green Book might get the globe so they can justify it not giving anything Green, at the Green Oscars. Green Book yeah. could come through swinging in this category. I think it's going to be the favorite or Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. Uh, Either one, I'd be happy with anything on this list except for Green Book. You'd be happy with Mary Poppins Return. I heard it's delightful. I heard, I heard it was terrible. Oh, I heard it's absolutely <laughs> delightful. I heard it's like Paddington 2 level. <laughs> no, there's no chance it's Paddington 2 I would, level. Not my words, because you know how I feel. Uh, about I'm going to skip all the way down here to Best Original Song. Uh, this is another... Stars. Stars Born, I think. Shallow is going to win. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was like a... Dude, I've never seen a movie where like a moment from the trailer... 
or a moment from like a, a gif or a, or a trending topic caused gasps. Like I saw it in two packed houses on two separate occasions. And when Bradley Cooper rolls down that window, hey. are like standing <laughs> O every time. Like, like people just know. Or, or, and then back to the best song, when she, when Gaga walks on stage, he goes, uh-huh. oh, 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 oh. Uh, So, okay. Rapturous, <laughs> baby. Uh, my next question for you is, is, is Bradley Cooper going to be Alfonso? Peter oh, Harley, shit. Spike, and Adam McKay for Best Director. Oh, yeah, he, he's, he's in a... It is against four fucking... Legends. One of whom is Peter Fairley. Uh, but yet, but he's on, I mean, he's on the list. He made Dumb and Dumber. We talked about he that He made movie. Kingpin. Classic. Yeah. He, then he made Green Book. Yeah. Which is this. Yeah. Uh, folks, Who, uh, it's I, the opposite. Bradley Cooper is in the deep end now. <laughs> is Cooper going to win this cat? I think yeah. he... Uh, you don't think he has a chance? I don't know if he he has a chance, but it's gonna they're gonna give it a spike. You think? I think yeah. Ro, I think Roma's gonna win. I hear a lot of shit about Roma. I liked Roma, but I actually Hollywood Foreign Press yeah. might give it to Coron. I think no, Roma's gonna no, win. No, because what did they they just gave it to him for gravity. They don't need to give it to him for this. Like he he, he did gravity and he got to like get a bunch of praise for that. Now then he made this real small like, like representational movie. They're not gonna give it to him. I feel like we're giving we're like blessing the HFPA with too much logic. Like, there's no rhyme or reason to this. Yeah, okay, like, that's, that's want, fair. That's who do we fair. want to party with afterwards? Yeah. Um, uh, but I, dude, it'd be cool if Bradley won. Like, uh, I, I saw a tweet and I, now it like has colored my my interpretation of Bradley Cooper. It's like someone just randomly without context tweeted, "No man." on earth has ever wanted to win an Oscar as badly as Bradley Cooper. <laughs> he's like, that is so true. Like, the guy just reeks of desperation. And, like, I like him. It's not a diss against him, but, like, he wants to be included in this this community. And, like... He deserves it, man. I, I, I like the movie. I like him in it. Um, and he, I gotta see it. There are worse people out it's there. Really, it's a really good film. Yeah, yeah I gotta see it. Uh, I, Great I, Chappelle I, performance. Awesome Chappelle's performance. And he gave Eddie Griffin screen time. Like Perplexing. Perplexing. Uh, performance, but I let, let's go ahead and get into a Golden Globe nominee, but never a winner. Who? Nolan's never won one, has he? Nolan? Yeah. He's, I think he's. I think he's, he's trophyless. Yeah, he's, he's never won one. Oscarless. Yeah, he's definitely Oscarless. Uh, we're gonna fact check this. He, he's never won. Can, can, can you fact check for us? Checking it right now. And it's funny because the very first movie we're talking about for our Christopher Nolan episode is. He's only been nominated. He's never won. Never won. Crazy. He's been nominated for five Oscars and never won, and nominated for a bunch of Globes. Yeah. Yeah. From screenplays to to director. A fucking tragedy. Um, But it's great because the first movie we're talking about stars a current Golden Globe nominee, (laughs) Christian Bale as Dick Cheney. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, sir. Christian and, Bale, his his muse in a lot of ways. And uh, yeah, we're so, <laughs> somebody who was shut out of the Globes for his portrayal uh, in the Jason Reitman hack, uh, <laughs> the right the, the front runner, uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Hugh, I Jew Hackman. The the Prestige is the first movie we're going to talk about. I posed a question to uh, to Pat and Eric a couple of days ago: Is Hugh Jackman? <laughs> Uh, underrated as an actor. I think he's perfectly rated as an actor. Okay. Yeah, I, I would agree. He's uh, Prestige is one of my favorite movies. Yes. His portrayal of Wolverine is one of my favorite like portrayals of anything. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely love it. Uh, he makes some pretty bad movies. Also, he's not exactly judicious with his choice and roles. Uh, 
he is friends with Jared and Ramaga Kushner. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I think he's he's fine. He's perfectly right. I, the stuff that he does that I love, like, I think being able to play Wolverine really well, yeah, I'm really glad they happened upon someone who was perfect for that. It's yeah. been a big part of my life. I don't think it requires you to be the best actor ever. Right. I think he has like he's like a John Smoltz pitcher. Like he has like a ninety eight mile an hour fastball, and that's really it. Uh, he has one level, and that's big. He's very theatrical. Like if you watch Prisoners, a movie I love, if you he goes big and broad and chewy of scenery. He's in, he's unhinged yeah. in yeah. that movie in the same way he's unhinged in the Prestige. Yeah, that motherfucker's crazy. He's got, yeah. one, he's got one one gear, and it's a gear I don't mind. But like he is a little theatrical for my liking. He plays to the back of the room. Oh yeah, uh, watch any Wolverine movie when he gets hurt, and he says, "Ooh." <laughs> 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 to his credit, uh, one of the best on-screen, under-pressure recipients of a blowjob in Swordfish. Oh, he yeah. has a gun to his head, and he's getting blown, <laughs> and has a hack into the CIA mainframe. Jesus Christ. He, he does the Colin Farrell to detective base. He's like, faces is twitching a whole bunch of times. We are coming out swinging. Yeah, late fees, triple X. It's been a couple weeks. We got to get this off, fellas. Uh, but, uh, but otherwise, I think he's fine. It, it, there are worse actors out there. The Prestige came out in 2006. Christ on the cross. One year after, really? yes, one yeah. year after Batman Begins, uh, where Christopher Nolan made a, a whole bag. Uh, he came back again with a, a psychological thriller in which two, uh, I guess, two magicians or illusionists who are at war are fighting to get the best. Like, this is it's a simple concept in the movie. Yeah. They just want to be the best magician. They just yeah. want the best trick. Yeah. At, at its surface, is a film about creative rivalries and revenge. Yeah, this, this and, is, and like showmanship yeah. and like what it means to be like a uh, an artist. Yeah, yeah. And what I love about Nolan is that a lot of his movies are, are a good a good uh, handle of them are really about revenge or about something oh, where yeah. where it's like. You know, I have to give. Yeah, something that consumes you. Like even if you look at his his superhero trilogy, this consumes Bruce for three movies. The the idea that he can stop. And this movie, it consumes uh, both characters in this movie that they want the 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 best trick. And there is, there's some crazy shit that happens. Yeah, not not to deep dive too much into the movie immediately, but this is doing that. But it's very emblematic of of the theme Justin is talking about is when. uh, Hugh Jackman's character, uh, the Great Danton. Danton. What is his? Ad- I don't. I don't know his actual name. I only know the Great Danton. Such a great uh, name. Uh, Angier is he? Uh, Algier. Algier. Yeah. Or, yeah. Angier. It's Angier. Angier. Uh, he's talking to Tesla, played by David Bowie. R.I.P. I forgot he was in the movie. <laughs> greatest fucking thing ever. Yeah. I mean that he's David, but like. Who else could play Tesla in a movie other than David Bowie <laughs> in an awesome way? It's that weird combination of like it was like stunt casting, but also a great performance. Yeah, so like it didn't distract at all. Like yeah. which is insane when someone like well, David Bowie. Well, he turned down. He turned down the role initially, and then oh, and and yeah, and Nolan had to fly out to New York in order to get him uh, to accept the role. Just, just two Englishmen hanging out. It had yeah. a cool time. He said he told Bowie there is no one else that could play this role, and Bowie eventually said yes. Yeah, he's and, right, and he, he was right. And so Bowie is telling uh, Hugh Jackman in this scene. I think it's it's when Jackman comes and says, "I need you to build me this fucking thing." Yeah. And Tessa says, "Like, have you know, have you considered the the cost?" Yeah. And. and uh, Hugh Jackman says, money is not an object. And he says, well, I'm not talking about the price. Mm-hmm. Have you considered the cost? Mm-hmm. And that's basically like the, the that's theme the movie. of the movie. Yeah. Uh, 
and it, it he hasn't considered it, and, and neither one of them has really considered that. It ends up kind of ruining both of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> on two separate spectrums of this movie, uh, as we mentioned, Hugh Jackman plays Robert Engier, and Christopher Bell plays Alfred Borden, and one of them is kind of like the rich gang, super rich magician. The other one is kind of like a lower, lower tier guy. The movie starts like side stage. Kind yeah, of guy. he's the one who sets up the. He was, in the beginning, he sets up the 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 tricks for Angier. He's yeah, he's a hand, and he <laughs> he ties Angier's wife up in the double knot. Yeah, the double knot. This is this, it's insane. Why would he even do this? You understand why they hate each other? Yes, from and, the beginning. And one of the the. I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, this is going to be oh, the inside clear. baseball. Yeah, please steer clear. We've ever done. Yeah. The, the movie is all time jumps and like flashes of plot. Spoilers so, from here on out, yeah. by the way. Uh, so continue. So, there are a lot. So, yeah. so Hugh Jackman's wife, who's been his stagehand and, and, and whatever, she goes into this dunk tank, and because of the knot that. Uh, Borden. Uh, Christian Bale's character is tied, yeah. she can't escape within the allotted time. And, and drowns, uh, and that then these guys who are friends coming up together end up being bitter rivals for the rest of their lives. <laughs> uh, and they one of the best things about the movie is that even though at the outset it seems like Christian Bale is really guilty of having tied the wrong knot or whatever, and like trying to make it look too real or whatever, mm-hmm. by the end of the movie. Nolan and ba- everybody has done a good job of making it seem like it, it could have just been an accident. Yeah. Like, it, if they could have gotten over this horrible, horrible accident, maybe none of this needed to and, happen. Yeah, none of them would have been hurt. Like, there are parts of this movie, just kind of skipping ahead here, like, uh, Angier shows up to one of Borden's fucking things <laughs> and shoots the motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is some real, like, East Coast, West Coast beef shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's it's so yeah sorry not not to get too far ahead but yeah. it's yeah it's a wild fucking yeah fucking movie. Um, I, I I really love the idea of seeing the time jumps as you mentioned uh, from because you you open and Borden is in jail yeah. or he's in prison and you're wondering how he got there and the movie takes you through all the the periods that they got them there but you're not quite sure it's kind of memento ish in the yeah. way that he frames it you're not quite sure where this part lands at or how he gets out or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, how do you guys feel about kind of like the way he plays with time in this movie? Well, it's like you said, following it, following Momentum, mm-hmm. Memento, excuse me, it's like he really established his voice as like, he loves playing with nonlinear structures mm-hmm. and it helps. It's not distracting in this movie. I have problems with Memento. I think it's a fine movie. Guy Pierce is amazing in it. It's a gimmick. It's gimmick. Yeah, this, pure gimmick. This plays into theme. It's like embedded in like the fabric of this of everything thematically that's happening of like a cinematic magic trick mm-hmm. and he uh, worked out the sorry not to no, no, that cool. up, but he we will talk about the, uh, Batman on this podcast someday uh, I think we that, should leave the Batman yeah. today yeah we're gonna leave the Batman I, I just wanna briefly say he a lot of the stuff you see in Prestige just in terms of storytelling devices with time jumps he also does in Batman Begins yeah. Yeah. so he's been working out some of this stuff from Memento to be not just and I, I really like Memento I think it's a, a fine movie it's a lot of fun to watch it's gimmicky bullshit more or less at the end of the day <laughs> Uh, it's not one of his better movies but it is very cool mm-hmm. and the way he learned to play with time in that is, is evident in really good ways in Batman Begins and then really awesome manipulative ways in Prestige. Yeah, and I, I think Prestige, I hold this as his greatest work. 
Um, I know I kind of uh, oscillate between this and Dark Knight. What do you feel like is his best work? That that because I mean the review like I look at reviews like I love this movie too. Mm-hmm. Look at reviews like when it came out the reception was really like kind of eh. mixed. It was mother- yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it does everything that Nolan is good at at its highest. Mm-hmm. He's operating on his highest level where it's 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 form. Um, he he does his classic classical medium uh, close medium extreme close ups, <laughs> uh, but it doesn't muddle the composition of each shot. There's beautiful framing going on there's uh a storytelling the the writing of it is really sharp and it doesn't weigh down with his like i said we've had he has problems with being exposition heavy Mm -hmm. the way he plays with time and space which we'll talk about later in interstellar as well and i think he does it to maximum effect in um uh dunkirk Dunkirk, how he collapsed time on itself which i thought was really cool but like i think this is the seed that really sparked everything he could do really well, which is these things, or really heavy-handedly and shitty. Yeah. But like he was sort of fine-tuning it in a way that felt like it's crisp. It was crisper, and and more assured without like his usual uh, gimmick gimmickry. Is that right? Gimmick? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gimmicky shit that uh, kind of bogs down the stuff. And yeah, yeah. Like for a movie that is very dour and downbeat, it's very. Loose, oh, like yeah. I, I feel really like it. Like there's literally like almost no comedy in this movie. Like it's yeah. very depressing. It, except that there's, there's some slapstick. Yeah, the 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 uh, this the double. Yeah, the drunk uh, double. Uh, uh, what is it? I can't remember, I can't remember that guy's fucking name. But it's so funny that not only uh, uh, we said spoiler alert, there may be more than one Christian Bale. Yeah. Uh, Nolan couldn't help but also to give Hugh Jackman a double and like another <laughs> character to play. That's hilarious. And I love that bit. That's like a that's like a thirty minute bit in the movie yeah. where you they they see the. I mean, and obviously we find out in the end he has a twin. Yeah. Uh, but they they're trying to figure out how he does this this trick, and they're like, okay, we it's need to go get another one. Scene of the movie. It is because that's when it kind of turns his his uh, his anger becomes his obsession. Yeah. And then the movie kind of twists from there because it's like, holy shit, now he can do this whole new trick. I need something that's literally fucking magical. For real, for real. Yeah. And I I really like that part. And and like genre, I know it's an abused term, but like he's playing with everything from drama to psychological thriller to science Science. fiction Mm -hmm. to a little bit of supernatural, like, but he does it in a way that doesn't feel like a tonal mishmash. It's like a very smoothed out, congealed, cohesive thing. Which like I feel like some of his other later films like I have I don't like Inception I know I'm alone there. Wow! I feel like, Whoa! I feel like, I feel like this. Like this is this is my Inception. Well, hold on, hold on. Cam, you like Inception? I like Inception. You like Inception? I think it's very good. I think Inception is a very good movie as well. What the fuck, Eric? I'm sorry, man. Just like just not work for me. Maybe that I'm movie should really movie. tickle yeah, all of your yeah, like you're loves. A there. Murphy fan too. Yeah. Murphy? Yeah, Killian Murphy. Right? Oh, oh, Murphy. Yeah, he's in, he's in most of uh, late... And late Ken Watanabe, who Nolan just can't leave alone yeah, for some reason. Yeah. Uh, I I agree with Eric. Uh, I, this is my favorite Nolan movie. Uh, I really... Yeah, over, over TDK? Over TDK. Uh, I think TDK is his uh, best... I mean, it, I, if you said... Dark Knight was his best movie, and you like. You would like, be mad. I wouldn't be like, oh, I would have essentially no argument against you. It comes down to taste, more or less. I think what Nolan is best at is, is sequencing, mm-hmm. uh, and Dark Knight is still has to be topped in a lot of ways because of that. I think it's the the stuff between Joker and Batman is probably the best Batman stuff that'll maybe ever be done on film. 
Uh, but the the through line thematically that he slam dunks the most is in Prestige. Uh, the the scenes when they're talking about uh, the scene that you just mentioned where. Uh, Michael Caine is saying like he's using a double. Yeah. Like you're, and he was right. Yeah, he's right. That's, that's the best part about it. Is yeah. He's right, and he's you know if you're not obsessive, he's he's right. But yeah. if you're an obsessive person at all, you can understand Hugh Jackman's pain where he's like the trick is too good. He's yeah. Not using. He's not a smart double. enough. Yeah. He's and, not good enough. And, and Michael Caine is saying like no the 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 good the goodness of the trick is coming from the simplicity. The simplicity is that he's using a double. Mm. Uh, and it, it it just becomes this this really great movie about storytelling mm-hmm. to me sure because the, the when the, the first time that uh, they talk about this vanishing man trick or the whatever the fuck they call it in the movie vanishing uh, man yeah the vanishing man and the, the new, new vanishing man, man. The, new vanishing <laughs> man the original vanishing man it's great uh, but when they talk about it the first time uh, Michael Caine is the only one who's seen it and Hugh Jackman is kind of like grilling him about the, the audience's experience yeah. having watched the trick and he says, well, you know, did, did they applaud? Did they cheer? Were they surprised? Like, what, what, did, what did they do? Yeah. And Michael Caine says something to the extent of, like, they didn't do anything. They, <laughs> it, it, the trick was too simple. Yeah. Like, he appeared, or he disappeared, and then he reappeared. It wasn't dressed up. It wasn't, they didn't know, there was there was no reaction. Is that a commentary on movies, too? I, 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 feel I, like I think so. On, yeah. on Nolan's movies. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a commentary on Nolan's movies. Sorry, I don't no, know. I'm just gonna finish this out, and then you can you can go. It, it's a commentary. No one's always commentary on just storytelling in general, because then the conversation flips into, well, it was it, so it was a bad trick, and then Michael mm-hmm. says, no, it it was the best trick I, I I've ever seen, mm-hmm. and he Jackman's like, what the fuck are you talking about? If no one liked it, how could it have been the best trick? And Michael Caine's character is of course coming at it from a, an illusionist engineer's point of view, which is. If he knows what's happening, if he thinks it's a double and he's watching it happen, he's thinking like, "Oh, you're making a double look that good. Mm-hmm. That's amazing." Uh, but, but then they get into this discussion of he's a he's an amazing magician, he's a terrible showman, mm-hmm. and the difference between those two things being really good at directing, yeah, or, yeah, or you know, being good at the flourish of something without being good at the technicality of it, yeah. and how those two things go hand in hand, it it it's just so true in almost any even outside of the creative field it's yeah. true in anything anyone's trying to do yeah. and it I, I don't know that that is an emotional thing to me I, that I really love the movie. yeah and I, I think that's a perfect like through line of what I think about this movie which is like this movie came right after Batman Begins his biggest his movie his biggest movie right? at that point and, yeah. and up until before Batman Begins was Insomnia a really quiet procedural detective procedural noir (laughs) that's where I disagree I love that movie uh, uh, a sort of a a neo-noir sort of uh, procedural with um, Al Pacino and Robin Williams and before that was Memento so I feel like this was Nolan's capital G great capital A artist movie whereas like he he is both Robert and Alfred he is both Christian Bale's character and Hugh Jackman's character he sees himself in both as do I want the? He's feeling the push pull between, do I want to be the big, showy, uh, showman have this showmanship of this like these great blockbusters like, um, uh, Batman Begins, do these big operatic things, or keep it really small, keep it intimate, make these quiet art house films. And I feel like he was starting to feel that Hollywood push and pull, that yeah. that that sort of bifurcation of his career. Like, which way am I going? Can I make studio movies with my without compromising right. my art? 
or make the, continue to make these small quiet movies like I'd done previously. And he and he continued this theme. Like he was able so, to still do the Batman's, which is all about identity. Yeah, find identity in your craft, and yeah. your profession, and like and then if you're do doing the right movie. thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also, I think this takes it to its logic, its most grim and bleak, which to me is very much my shit conclusion, which is like, um, uh, Hugh Jackman's character is literally self annihilating yes. for his art. Like yeah, this movie is fucking yeah. crazy. Like, they both are though, because because yeah. Borden's going insane. Yeah, because he has to live like him and his brother have yeah, to live the life. same life. Yeah, there are, yeah. There are so many. Sm- this is why I love this movie so much. Is yeah. there are so many small moments in the movie that you can talk about for yeah. for a long, a long mm-hmm. time. And, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Like the, the moment when when uh, Borden's wife or Borden says I love you, and his wife says like I like this today. It's true. Yeah, and like some some I, some days it's not true and. I've shown people this movie and they've called out the twist pretty early and I've been like embarrassed about it. <laughs> but when I saw it in the theater, I was like, Holy yeah. before, shit. Before we get to the twist twist, Cam has never seen this movie before. Prestige, this is my first time seeing it. Yeah. Well, how did you feel about the twist? Like the twist is the most, you know, the, and the, obviously the twist is not, there are a couple of twists in the movie. Yeah. There, there is the... Uh, two the, the two Bordens is a that's twist. The, that's the the twist. To that's me, the that twist. Borden has a twin. And the other twist. Is and Jir being alive. Yeah, when it becomes a hard sci-fi movie, yeah. of, like he's actually creating clones. Yeah. For some people, that was like that's oh, too much. I'm out on this, but yeah. for me, that was when I was like, oh, I'm in now. Like I like this. Yeah. The twin thing completely. I don't know if I was watching the movie the wrong way, but it was something <laughs> that. I was not prepared for it. I wasn't either. Like, so, like when it when it got explained at the end, I was like, I was confused, kind of. Actually, <laughs> I had to go back and watch like the like uh, the part of the movie, make sure I wasn't missing anything because I just like you said, I took that it was like his assistant, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, like, yeah. I just took that guy as like a unassuming yeah. assistant the whole time. So when we get to the end, and he's not, he his his twin is getting hung. Yeah. 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 Like, so yeah. I'm, like, I'm thinking he's dead. Like he's dead, and then he shows up and kills him. It just completely. The twist of a twist, because they both had two identities. He was yeah. Lord Cowlow yeah. and yeah. also Fallon. Yeah. You know, between those two, do you think that the twist enhanced the rest of the movie, or you think that it kind of hurt it? No, it definitely enhanced the rest of the film, in my opinion. It mm-hmm. made everything. How do I want to say this? I'm not as good at this. Nah, no, shut up. Geez, you're shut up, Cam. You're making me emotional talking about the movie. <laughs> it, um, it gave me more of an appreciation for everything that was going on throughout the film, particularly because like, they were both so obsessed with like topping the other. And it felt like um, Bale's character got the ultimate last laugh yeah. Like, yeah. between both of them. And it was something, like I said, I wasn't prepared for. I, and it makes you believe that Jackman actually is the one who's coming out on top, kind yeah. of. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, but it adds it was the yeah. ultimate illusion. Yeah. Of Mind fuck. Like, it, it adds weight to what is happening, where it's like, okay, these guys are just compuls- compulsive and self obsessed yeah. to the point where it's you know, dr- they're literally drowning under their own obsession. But like when you see the stakes now, it adds. It goes beyond just like a petty grievance exactly. between old friends. It's like, oh no, this there's life and death stakes. Yeah, this now. <laughs> which there shouldn't be. <laughs> which is like, <laughs> which is what makes me. I'm getting chills talking about it. Baby chills. Um, it's like, I usually hate the cap. Like I said, the great artist trademark sign yeah. uh, movies. Like this is like, you know, I like the movie Chef John Favreau, but it's like literally about his career. Like, do I want to make? Soul? Or Iron Man. Do I, I want to make you know uh, chicken soup for the soul movies or Iron Man? 
and he did that with the food metaphor. This is really about Nolan, like, do I want to literally annihilate myself from my art, which I do anyway, no matter what, but can I do, keep operating on this, this uh, grand operatic level that I have been without destroying myself? Yeah. Or do I keep the showmanship, do I abate the showmanship, and do I operate on a more uh, intimate sort of, uh, emotional, psychologically textured movie, yeah, uh, like like Memento was or or uh, Insomnia, but yeah, man, like when when that reveal happened, yeah, I kind of had that like, oh, I was what twenty, I was twenty when this movie came out, it was two thousand six, right? Yeah, you were, you were twenty in two thousand six. Yeah, yeah, we were. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus man, know, you guys are kids. I know. Uh, I, remember, I, I, was, I was seventeen. I remember I having like the, I had like that. Oh, I go. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> what you, you already told us when you said you saw Scream when you were four. Oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, one one thing that uh, kind of speaks to what you guys were saying was uh, Olivia Winscombe, uh, Angier's assistant, who plays uh, was played by Scarlett Johansson, has a very large role in the movie. Yeah, as huge. do as does uh, <clears throat> as does. Rebecca Hall as uh, Sarah Borden she said well or her, uh, Olivia's character says to um, to Borden uh, you two belong with each other a brutal truthful moment when she says and this. I do want to ask the, the role of women in this movie uh, how did you feel about the role of women? I, it's it's a well, it's the Nolan problem. Nolan yeah. has like a De Palma problem. Like he, yeah, he I, his wife gets iced in the fucking <laughs> beginning, uh, and then the rest is about like how that drives the men's story for. It's a common tale with straight white male directors. Yeah, it's kind of better than <laughs> Jesus I mean, Christ. Sorry, sorry, bad. Okay, uh, I'm kind of just thinking of his other movies, uh, which. I mean, The Dark Knight kind of does the same thing a little bit with uh, Rachel? Maggie Gyllenhaal's character. Yeah, Rachel. Yeah, and it's, it's, Dark Knight Rises kind of has like... Terrible yeah. placement of women yeah. in that movie. <laughs> uh, I think Rachel is a good, is a good character. She's a overall. good foil for him. Uh, it, She's played better in Batman Begins. Yes, totally. And I, I don't, I don't hate the recasting like I would have thought I would have when it happened. Yeah. Uh, but... I think one of the, the one of the reasons I love Batman Begins in Dark Knight. You're going to Batman. Is, you uh, said we weren't. Okay, yeah. yeah sorry, sorry. <laughs> the, the, the role of Rachel Dawes in those two movies, I think, is one of the successful driving forces yeah. of the movies. But outside of that, he's not great in the whole thing. I yeah. mean, think about Memento. Uh, very bad. It's just like Terrible. testosterone fest the whole time. Sure. This is. Uh, the reason that it gets away... The, the women are not given a lot to do in this movie, no. Uh, so that I guess that's the bottom line. But the stuff they are given to do, they uh, Rebecca Hall and Scarlett Johansson's characters are both smarter than yeah. the men. They think they end up both like kind of disgusted by these two guys. And, think and they, they leave. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like the you two deserve each other is something that they ultimately both kind of end up thinking. Uh, and so... I mean, again, you should be writing better characters. Yeah. But if you're not going to do that, I guess the next best thing is making them the smartest characters, mm-hmm. uh, which they are. So I don't hate it. I think both performances are really good. Uh, Rebecca Hall's especially. Yeah, she's never not good. Yeah, she's she's fantastic. She um, did some, I mean, she's very good at taking... She's good at monopolizing screen time that has been carved out for the quote-unquote great men of the movie like mm-hmm. she did in um, The Town. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say, we were just talking about her. Yeah, she, like, is a... It's unfortunate she isn't given more to do. I, I, I know her film, Christine, where she 
is the center of attention the entire time and just crushes you. Um, she's a powerful performer. When she is given little to do or has a thinly written script, she can turn it into magic, and she's done that on multiple occasions. Yeah, and I think she she crushes this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I thought she was great. I, I, I do think that the role of women is, is weak. Uh, I mean, but I have to bring it up, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, but, I mean, it doesn't stop this movie from being just a spectacular yeah. movie. As, like, the, the, the proverbial quote-unquote great man movie or the great artist movie, it does both of those things as best as they can. Like, I, I usually hate those movies. Uh, I absolutely love them. Well, it does a good job at turning them both into, like, crazy, obsessive They're dickheads. Drinks more than, like, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make either one of them, like... They're likeable. The, they're, they're not the, likeable yeah, at all. They're the protagonists, but they're not, like, heroes at all. At all. Like, when they're having that confrontation in the end in, in the hallway, like, you're like, well, even though they're, like, like, neither one of these guys really won this situation. No, they lost everything. Like, <laughs> like, brother got sacrificed. Yeah. You lost and your brother. No, not only that, his brother got buried alive at one yeah, point yeah, in the movie. Yeah. Like, it, it is pretty great, like, that the prestige has, like, a pretty clear pledge, turn, and prestige yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, when the fucking hangman says any last words and he says abracadabra and it's like cross cutting with the reveal of yeah, the other Christian Bale. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and then there's like the moment when uh, they're talking the same moment in the hallway and he's like, you never understood why we do this. It was the looks on their faces and you're like, you leave it thinking like, Oh, who really got who yeah. at the end of this? And it's just, it's really uh it's a great movie. Yeah, it's a home run. It's an absolute yeah. home run. And it shows you when when Nolan is a little bit restrained and, like, you know, isn't hyper-cross-editing uh, like, like he does in the fight scenes and, and his blockbusters. Like, he lets moments play out and mm-hmm. lets them breathe a bit. It's, like, it's powerful shit, man. Like, just thinking about it, like, that opening sequence where it's just the slow pan across the foggy forest with all those black hats. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, if now that you know, like, it's telling you... It's revealing the trick in the yeah. very opening scene, which I think is great. Um, but you think it's like a death of magicians, yeah. a death of magic yeah. or something well, like, like that. Or just stupid, like... Or just like, imagery. Or like just a imagery. Victorian, uh, Victorian period piece flourish or yeah. something. Yeah, looked like, like Bloodborne. Yeah, 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 yeah it did. Great uh, Andy Circus role yeah. also, yeah. by the way. The, like, uh, when he does the, like, oh, what's in my hand yeah. part, and he guesses it right, it's like, it's yeah. your watch or whatever. Like, he's it, he's yeah. such a great yeah. fucking actor. It's, it's just, it's a riveting... Uh, Make uh, folks, it makes you think a little bit, <laughs> and it entertains you. But I, all jokes aside, it is like it's a thrilling movie, wonderfully acted, and like it, it gets under your skin a little bit. Like I think about, I've been watching it in a minute, and it's, I could talk about it all the time. So do we keep this movie? Oh God, yeah. it's yeah. unanimous. It's his yeah. masterpiece. I, unanimous. This, uh, this might be one of my top four on Letterboxd. I'll oh say wow! That. Yeah. yeah I, did, I, you, did you a five on it? We were talking about five stars on Letterboxd. By the way, follow I, I, our letterbox. By the way, I think I went five on it. I, yeah. I would go if I haven't. I would go back and, and give it five. I'd be shocked if I had it. Cam, you got to get a letterboxed. All right, I'll, I'll get a letterboxed. Uh, we're gonna keep that one. And as Eric said, this movie makes you think. The next movie we're gonna talk <laughs> about huh, will not make you think a lot. Uh, we're gonna talk <laughs> about. Inter- they will try. <laughs> they will try. We're gonna talk about Interstellar when we come back from the break. We'll be right back on late fees. What you're about to see is considered safe.
Oh, the great Danton. I apologize. There simply is too much magic for my stage at the Pantages across the street. intrusion and go easy on the poor chap he does try so very hard <laughs> I don't know how Bolden fans all right welcome back to late Yo. fees Chris Nolan I was almost like I didn't know whether to say Christopher or Chris I thought you were gonna say Christmas edition it is it's kind of the Christmas <laughs> edition Chris and Christmas we, uh, that's, the, that's the subtitle will we, be, will we will we be back by Christmas I think we're gonna do one more or we're gonna do one after Christmas yeah we're gonna do one after Christmas so yeah. this will be your Christmas episode and then you'll have another one before New Year's well, we just talk about Den of Thieves yes we just yo <laughs> Eric did see Den of Thieves I gotta see it it's so funny That'll be a good one it's a good it, movie yeah. right it's dirt it's dirtbag heat it's so good I'm going to my parents house in a week so I'll watch that uh, all in there and, you, and we need like a, have you seen the game Den of Thieves? Gerard Butler, O'Shea Jackson. 50 Cent? Fuck that shit. I saw it this year. It's so good. Yeah, it's a good movie. I'm, I'm excited. I had fun with it, man. 50 uh, Cent, baby. 50's good in it. 50's good in the movie. Uh, but that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> we can talk about this movie now. It had like a good twist, though, too, at the end. It did have a good twist. Hang on, you guys. Okay, all right. Sorry. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I guess we got to talk about this one. Uh, the movie we're going to talk about now is 2014's, uh, Christopher Nolan's 2014 science fiction epic. Because apparently he needed one. Uh, Interstellar. Interstellar. It's the starring, starring Matthew McConaughey. Interstellar. And Hath- Hathaway. I don't know about that one. I don't know about that being Eric. <laughs> Jessica Chastain, Bill Irwin, Ellen Burstyn, and Michael Caine, of course. And a young Timothy Chalamet. Uh, That's crazy. It's a movie that that is uh, about, uh, basically set in a... Can you say that this mo- the, the future in this movie is dystopian? Sure. We, don't, we don't see a lot of it. Well, like yeah, it's I mean. it's a it's a it's a future that you know, folks. It sucks. What are flying cars at? It, it, it mirrors ours in a way that the future didn't um, didn't manifest the way that we sort of fantasize it would with like hyper tech, like tech fetish. Yeah, it was look, look pretty fucking boring. It was an agrarian ecological disaster. Yeah, and the amount of life left on Earth is dwindling, and time on Earth is dwindling. So the idea of this is that in order to save the world. Uh, a group of astronauts have concocted a a uh, formula to open up a wormhole in which they will go <laughs> into yeah. this wormhole and find a sustainable place for humans to live. Right? Yeah. yeah. And every time they go to this wormhole, uh, should we should we talk? No, I'm going to talk about just the just the basic story of it <laughs> because it, 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 there's a lot to unpack here. So we're uh, not scientists. Yeah, so Matthew McConaughey plays because I mean this movie's super heavy yeah. on the science stuff. Or kind like kind of. But it's heavy on like the exposition of it. Yeah, it's heavy know? on like pseudoscience. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Pseudo intellectualism. Yeah. So you have uh, Matthew McConaughey is Coop, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Joseph Cooper, who we're supposed to believe that Matthew McConaughey is. Yeah, Great name. a a, uh, a astronaut named Coop. We gotta point out this was in the middle of the uh, this this movie came out t- t- two months after True Detective season one stopped airing. 
Wow. So he. Had, oh yeah, he was hot. He had the hot hand. Yeah, this was like the reconnaissance, like. This was like, oh, he's in a Chris Nolan movie. Like, yeah. this is he's it. made it. Like, yeah. we, we all did it now. Yeah. Like, this is it. So he, he this is a. Uh, he plays Coop, and he has a, a team of team of scientists that uh, are going up to into space with him. He has a family though, and uh, he has a, he has a little girl named Murphy Cooper. How come she's not Coop e- either? Because if he's Coop, if yeah, she's Murph, and he's like, but how, she's not Coop. If he's Coop, why is she not Coop? I, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't have an answer for a lot of things in this movie. Yeah. Topher Grace is also in this movie. Yeah. Oh, God, I <laughs> Isn't isn't a David Alawelio? Uh, yeah, he's he, in this he's movie like as well for like ten seconds. Yeah, yeah, like there's a, I mean, there's there's some stars he's in this. Stars in this going thing. to college. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. He shows up in Suns, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, so they they're eventually they're, they're, they're essentially are going on this huge life changing uh, astronaut mission, and then the whole movie is about how they completely fucked up this wormhole uh, mission. And then it just goes from there. It's all about time compression, family, and not missing out on the moments you, you love the most, which I guess Christopher Nolan is talking about all those months he spent making The Dark Knight. Yeah. <laughs> it's three-hour, um, this, this three-hour space epic uh, with, you know, admittedly some pretty impressive sequences. Oh, um, it looks beautiful. It looks great. Wes Bentley's in this movie. Yeah, that's true. And, and uh, Doyle is his name. And a, and a great cameo from Matt Damon. Yes, spoilers. Sorry, yeah, Matt. Uh, well, I'm, man, we're on a ton of tangents here because this movie is like there's not much. Is, is very much. Uh, before we like like shit on the twist and shit like that. Yeah. There's not much. Yeah, but like, folks, what if? And stick with me here. <laughs> what if love transcends time and space? Do you ever think about that? Okay, here, real, real quick, just so we can get this out of the fucking way. The movies. For everything else that the movie does wrong, and in some cases right, but to me mostly wrong, I think this is one of Nolan's worst movies. Mm-hmm. The moment where, turn that up. The moment where Anne Hathaway is talking about like about love transcending time and space, mm-hmm. and how like how could X thing be this if love weren't actually like the sixth dimension or whatever the fuck she's saying? Yeah, and it's you're like if you listen to everything she just said, it's like literally because love is like a chemical reaction in in the brain and, yeah. and people carry it with them and choose to believe extravagant things about love that could that could be attributed to literally every single thing you just said right and the movie has no awareness about this it doesn't try to like undermine this as a concept through the plot or through like sly winks or anything it just asks you to commit blindly to this like really broad cheesy statement about love yeah. and like Ben says like and because of that, all these crazy, awesome sci-fi things are possible. Right. And like, it so it tries to like, like you can't have a wormhole which is so pulpy and then be like <laughs> big hug type of movie. Like you can't have both those things. The first they don't jive. Yeah, the first hour and a half is completely different from the last hour and a half of this movie. Yeah, which yeah, there's two hour and a halves. It's yeah. long. Yeah, it's three hour. Movie. It's long for a Nolan movie. Yeah, it's yeah, it's long for like. Braveheart. Yeah. Uh, 169 <laughs> minutes. Yeah, nice. Uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, but, yeah, because the, you know, when the fate of the earth is uh, is basically given an a expiration date because of, you know, all these droughts and these uh, natural disasters <clears throat> and basically, like, the the, apoc- the cataclysmic climate change disaster that we're all, uh, we're all you know, just waiting for, um, it becomes this mission of... Matthew McConaughey and his team not just to save the world but like it 
it's it becomes about a father and daughter's bond, and yeah. he wants to save his children. What part of the movie? What, what side of this movie did you guys like the best? The su- the science fiction space part or the daughter father daughter part? I, I'm a sucker for a good like and yeah, I was like, yeah. a sucker for the good interpersonal re- relationship drama and like. <laughs> Pat is shaking <laughs> his head. Uh, <laughs> but like, it, the the movie loses itself. It's like I I honestly think. Christopher Nolan is like very surgical and clinical and cold. All his movies are like even these movies like we were just talking about with uh, the Prestige and Memento. Like these are very two dimensional, and I don't mean that they were written poorly. Like these these men that he writes about are just like I I know about my profession and I know about like how I operate in the world and like emotions are like these things I can't compute. Like yeah. it's like robots trying to figure out, like, human emotion. I yeah. think that's literally Christopher Nolan. So, like, <laughs> I don't know if, like, maybe he got married or, like, he had his first kid around this time. I really don't remember. He's been like, married. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, but, like, it felt like a guy who, like, like a, a caveman, like, me, love? I'm going to make a three-hour movie about this and try to feel like he doesn't know what love looks like. So, like, that's that, how he, like, that's artic- like, articulated it to the world. That's kind of, like, set. The, like, also, we have to set the, the stage here also. Like, this was after The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, which... He had he he'd signed his blood contract to WB. Yes. He fulfilled it. He was free. We saw this trailer, and I don't think there's anybody in this fucking room that didn't get hyped for this movie because no, of I how we felt. I was so excited about um, it. I was like, oh. He's you know, back. Yeah, Nolan, McConaughey, this is the greatest news ever. It, but the, And I love that the trailer tells you nothing about this movie. None of the trailers told you anything about this movie. So when you go in and see it, you're thinking it's going to be... Some sci-fi, like... Yeah action film bro and then or even just the sci-fi thriller, yeah, thriller. like alien or something like yeah. that or and like, it gets there when they get to that water planet and they're there and you're like and i love the idea of playing that's with the best part of the movie it is to me when planet. and they're on the water planet because it's like it's very new for nolan also but still kind of familiar this is after inception uh, and he's he's introduced us to these types of worlds that are kind of unfamiliar to us. Mm-hmm. But this world or this this planet, I was like, I want to be here a lot longer than that. I want to yeah. see what's going on. But it's also like more than more scary and t- it's oh, scary. It's, 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 like, it's, like a, it's like a horror. Yeah. Film yeah. At that point, like it gets. It, uh, but that the, it's it's really good sequencing. That's why it's yeah. the best scene in the movie. It's because it is what Nolan is best at, mm-hmm. and the parts of the movie that are really bad are sequences where you, that make you just think like. What is happening? Yeah. Murph. Murph. Uh, so in that scene, in that sequence, someone makes a huge grave mistake that costs the team 23 years. years. And that is where the movie kind of shifts into the father-daughter dynamic. Because then, out of nowhere, Matthew McConaughey, who knew he was going to be gone a long time anyway, starts to miss his family. Uh, <laughs> so they're basically stranded. <laughs> That's what happens. It's like he doesn't talk about like he, when you say it like that. He bro. knew he was gonna be gone for <laughs> yeah. mad long, he, and then like that's what that was the whole crux of him leaving was that she was like, I know he's not gonna be gone, or he may never come back again. Yeah, yeah. But then it's like after that, it's like, oh shit, yeah, I got a daughter at home. Yeah, because it deals with space time. Like it feels like just a couple weeks that he's been gone, but it really like decades have passed. Yeah, yeah. he watches well, that video. Yeah, and he watches yeah. The, that that like telecom video and shows how his kids have aged and. Because it's like it's more or less a, I don't want to say it's a suicide mission. Yeah. But if he if they don't succeed and find this black or this wormhole that leads to a more viable, sustainable planet on the other side of it, then like I mean, yeah, everybody dies. Yeah. Eventually. Um, I think the movie's big failure ultimately is where it goes from like being this like space exploration movie, and then when they start to fail, it becomes this like kind of cheesy drama. Yeah. And what it should do is become like 
a really crazy like space horror movie. Mm-hmm. Which I thought like, it was going. I thought it was going to be. Where, like they're flying through space and losing like their their lives and like they're gonna get back to Earth and like it's dust. But there's a bit with with Matt Damon's character, yeah, where you think that that's gonna be the antagonist of the movie, yeah. and this motherfucker dies in like ten minutes. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah, <laughs> Nolan's great with the stunt casting. It goes back to the David Bowie thing. Where yeah, it's like he brings in someone who you're like, oh, it's like a jarring. You don't expect a star of that caliber, uh, whether it's um, Bowie playing Tesla or someone like Matt Damon, uh, who in 2014 was you know like probably peak powers. Yes. Yeah. Um, just to show up for, to this movie. Yeah, to show up in 10 minutes and get turned into a meat sack. Yeah. Um, one of the funnier things... It's a gruesome death, yeah, also. One of the quick... Yeah, he turns out he's like... They find... They make contact with another explorer who is... If, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, he was on a similar mission. Yeah. He got stranded and... He was fly. in cryostasis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so and he winds up, you know, like, thinking about self and wanting to rescue himself. And yeah. Jeopardi- jeopardizes... Um, McConaughey and Anne Hathaway's crew kills a character, I yeah. believe too. Kills a character, get you know, just like I'm gonna save myself and it fucks everything up. It's but, crazy that I can't even picture his role in this movie without just picturing The Martian. Yeah, like, yeah, because it's before like, The Martian, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great point. I forgot about that, but uh, I know like fuck screen junkies and those guys, but uh, um, firing shots on this podcast. Yeah, well, wow. 2019, watch out. <laughs> well, one of the funnier bits uh, of that one. Well, the honest trailers for this was uh, when they do like the joke names at the end and it, like cuts to Matt. It's like, Murph, it says Murph from McConaughey and then it cuts to uh, Matt Damon and then it says, Baked Potato. <laughs> that, he like, has like that silver like wrapping yeah. around him, like the insulated wrapping around him. He like has like kind of like a chubbier face. He like put on some weight for the movie or whatever. Um, I thought it was really good. But yeah, and he's great in his 10 minutes on screen. Yeah. He's like a good villain because, you know, you can be like a smug, smarmy asshole. But then it just shifts and they lose another, they like lose another 51 or so years, I think. And the, as, as it's going through, um, we're realizing that Murph, who oh, becomes yeah. like literally the secondary scientist. character. Yeah. Like she becomes a scientist and she becomes another star of the movie. She's grown into Jessica Chastain at this point yeah. and she's trying to help and, and find her father. Uh, and it becomes basically a movie of reconnection. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it kind of loses me. Because then you get into the time compression part and yeah. really time travel. See, it's 13 movies in one. If it's yeah. <laughs> one of these things, it probably would have been amazing. Because yeah. I, I, like, it brought me back on board when we see Jess, Chastain, Little Murph, growing up to be like, you know, this 35-year-old scientist who grew up to want to be a scientist like her dad and find this mission and bring them home. That like like I was losing steam and it looped me back in with that and then ten minutes into that plot or that that beat, I, it loses me again because it's just convoluted up its own ass. Um, well, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, oh which is kind of the, probably the worst person to talk about. I wrote this Cancel, before. Bitch. I talked. To, I wrote this before all of this shit happened. So pardon me. He said that theoretically. You probably could go back in time through a wormhole or a black hole, but you just like you know, Nolan took a lot of liberties here, and he's not gonna really hold him to that a lot. So I mean, theoretically, it probably could happen. The the problem to me is that like it's, I'm I'm fine with black hole time travel, any of that. <laughs> it's just like the way it's presented is just not cool or like interesting. Like it just ultimately ends up being kind of like it's hokey, two dimensional. Yeah, it's hokey. Yeah, it's lame. And like when it ends up like. Like, even from the first trailer, you're like, is this going to be, like, a, is this going to have shitty 2001... Uh, Odd, Space Odyssey? Yeah, yeah, knockoffs in it. I hope he at least makes good versions of, like, tributes to that movie. Yeah. And then, like, the final thing is, like, 
a hokey version of shit from that movie, you're like, well, fuck, man. Like, you did the stupid <laughs> version. Like, what the fuck were you thinking? It sucks. It's just like a letdown. And yeah. Like, him doing something that's a letdown is a huge letdown. And I, th- I think even more so than that, the bookshelf scene is potentially... And this is up there with some of the worst shit in Dark Knight Rises yeah, to me. Yeah. The bookshelf part is some of the, <laughs> the corniest shit I've ever seen on screen. Yeah. And, unlo- and I would never, I could never expect for someone to be so technically proficient at everything that he could be so limp at just the most basic writing there. Where it's just like, okay, just bang on the bookshelf, knock a book over. It's like Ghost. I feel like I was watching Ghost. It's the type of thing that makes you question like every dramatic scene he's ever made. He's ever made. Yeah. I go back and forth. I kind of have a soft spot for the <laughs> oh bookshelf. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm a big sucker for a callback, and like we see that book move or whatever in like the op- in the first act, I think, right? Isn't and that's it? what makes you think it's gonna be something. This is an American horror story. Like yeah. Callback. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm not with it. Uh, that's funny as hell. Um, yeah, like I said, it if it's stuck to one of these things, whether it's about this movie about space t- space time and reconnection and and sort of how humans. Uh, transcend these things with emotion whatever like yeah it's heavy handed and, and about as deep as a puddle it's like philosophy 101 it could have been fine but it tries to shoehorn all these big capital B big themes uh, into these into like every scene like there's every conversation is weighed down by this shit and even like the action and the, and the sequences are too but you know he'll, like he said the showmanship shows up the sh- Chris Renault the showman shows up makes you forget about how shitty the writing is I think did his brother take the rein on this? I know they split duties, uh, Jonathan, him and Jonathan yeah. Nolan. Yeah, but I think he, he wrote this straight out. Yeah, he did. Which is like maybe a testament to maybe you should not let him write it. Let anymore. your brother, yeah. Like, don't, don't. Drummer shouldn't sink. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and it, it becomes like, even with this movie, its ambition kind of out outgrew its intellectual reach in a lot yeah. of ways. This is a technically proficient and amazing fucking movie. But when it comes down to, like, the writing, it's just not, it's not there for me. It's kind of like the prestige when he's like, look, man's reach exceeds his imagination or whatever. Yeah. Like, that's interstellar. He, like, that's uh, why he called this. He predicted that this would happen to himself. It is. It, prestige <laughs> is, like, uh, both a commentary on his present career in, in 2006 and, like, patient in its depiction of how he was going to be as, like, a Hollywood darling who balanced that blockbuster slash indie art house life. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I think it's well widely held as this is his this is most weakest. divisive film. Yeah, I'd say it's his weakest. I mean, I I thought Inception was pretty, I, yeah, I pretty really, great. I really movie. like Inception. I don't like Insomnia uh, very no. much. I think it's just kind of boring. Uh, Memento you, is enjoyable. Yeah, enjoyable, gimmicky but enjoyable. Yeah, his post Dark Knight trilogy output has literally just been Interstellar and Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah. Well, he did Quay. He did the uh, stop motion. Oh yeah, he did film, Quay, which was like wait, I don't know if anyone saw it, but um, uh, I heard good things. Like he was, it was a, it was a tribute to the Quay brothers, or he picked up where the Quay brothers left off. Okay. Uh, but I hear it's dark and weird. Like he can do dark and and sort of. Uh, Macabre shit very well. Um, did you guys? Did you guys watch Dunkirk? Yeah, I went yeah. saw it in the eighties. Yeah, I saw it in the theaters. I saw it at the Chinese in the IMAX theater. Yeah, I saw it later, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which again, I mentioned it during our prestige talk, where it's like his his love, his knack for playing with time space. He does that far superior in the prestige in Dunkirk than he wants to do with fucking Interstellar. Yeah. Which like literally collapses in its own asshole. I've said that before. 
Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I really like what he did with Dunkirk when it was like, and, and, and it's only what, 90 minutes? It's like yeah. tight 90. Yeah. Uh, how he like collapsed like a month, a week, and like a day into the same timeline. Yeah, it's which is pretty, pretty cool. sick. Yeah. I, I think there is something to the, there's kind of like an argument online that's like the, the most classic line that people attribute to Dunkirk. It's like, oh, it's the type of thing you gotta see in a theater. Yeah. Which, like, if that's true, like, did you actually make a good movie? Like, I, <laughs> like I, on one hand, yes, movies are meant to be shown in a theater. On the other hand, no, everyone knows how you're gonna watch a movie now, which is, even if you yeah. see it once in the theater, probably mostly no. Absolutely. are gonna see yeah. it in the theater. And so, this is so, it's so, it's A, it's classist too, by the way. Like, yeah. Not everyone has access to these art house films that get the minimal release. Yeah. Not to say that Dunkirk didn't, but like, something like Roma, like most people aren't going to be able to see Roma if they live in like Arkansas. Well, so you have to watch it on Netflix. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah, So yeah. I'm glad that yeah. it's on Netflix. Yeah, so like, yeah. I would recommend seeing Roma in the theater, but like, I'm not like, the way it was meant to be seen. But I think our boy John Daly, one of uh, one of our, me and Puffy's favorite comics, especially on Twitter, he's an insane person. I remember him specifically doing like watching Dunkirk the I way it was. Think it was, was, <laughs> and it was, it was like a Nokia. Like I, I, I think it might have been Lux. Yeah. Oh, he was mocking a lot. But, but what I mean is like I think it is. I think Dunkirk is the type of movie where you like it. You don't have to see it in a theater, but a better. A better, a bigger I'm screen t- and a better sound system is going to help you. <laughs> let me just tell you guys this. More. Let me let me just tell you guys. You guys already know this. The the listeners might not know this. <laughs> oh, I know. Turn it. Yeah, you, you already know what I'm about to say. I got through 20 minutes to Dunkirk and I turned it off. You know why? Because I don't like old movies. I don't like movies with old <laughs> shit in it. Justin saw a plane with a propeller. And- <laughs> I <laughs> turned it <laughs> off. I'm surprised I got through Overlord. I watched the Overlord. I, I heard it was bad. It's not a good movie. It's it's it's. Uh, Wyatt Russell's in it. I love Wyatt Russell. He's good in it. Yeah, he's rarely bad. He's um, bad. but it's you know I'm surprised I'm surprised I got through it with all the old it shit. It takes in way it. too long to get to the actual like point of the movie. Really? Yeah, you don't. It's not. It's not like a creature feature like you might think. Huh. It's like JJ very, did it. JJ just produced it. He right? just produced it. It was supposed to be a Cloverfield movie, and I have a hard time thinking of how oh, that even would have connected. Paradox ended that. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> game that, change. That's actually, that's actually kind of a shame because I thought. Uh, <laughs> one of our embarrassing moments. On the this is a game changer, y'all. Well, oh God. Movie comes out 20%. Midnight. 20%. Yeah, Super Bowl. Derby Nate was, was hyping that up on Twitter. That's why she blocked you. That might be why she blocked you. Did you dunk on her for that? I like. I it, never. I bad. have never tweeted her in my life, uh, or tweeted about her specifically. She fo- she follows me, she and I was dunking on that movie. Blocked. I don't know if it was because I criticized that or Black Panther when it was out. I think I think she blocked me actually when I trolled Black Panther. I did one of those. I took my son to see the movie, <laughs> <laughs> and I think she retweeted it. You can't get mad and then block somebody on Twitter. Yeah, like, you fucking clown. Like, yeah, like, like, uh, I didn't even tweet her edit. Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's her. Took my son to see. Ah oh, man. He asked me, "Was this like Martin Luther King's dream?" Or something? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way she ret- she retweeted that thing. I'm gonna pull the tweet. I'm gonna find it and I'm gonna send it to you. Guys. That's oh like, my that's god! Like when like Jake Tapper gets trolled into tweeting like like stolen valor. Yeah. <laughs> like Jake Tapper like will retweet any like military personnel on Veterans Day and like. Some of the, my like dirtbag left people who I love like will like send themselves dressed in like fake military <laughs> outfits. Like, sir, I'm sir. Like, sir, will you please retweet me? I served four years in the Gulf, and it's like him with like fucked up like medals and like they're upside down and shit. And Jake Tab is like, yes, sir, with honor. And, like, 
obviously not a real military person. Uh, oh my god! But that, I mean, I I couldn't get through Dunkirk. I say that to say that like Dunkirk was was Nolan not again being really technically proficient recreating World War Two yeah, yeah, <laughs> like. Yeah. What the fuck for? Like, I just don't yeah, see why he, he does I'm this. Like, I appreciate that somebody's really committed. I think the movie's hard to get attached to outside of the scene where they're, like, trying to figure out if the guy is, like, one of their spies or, or a spy. Yeah. Like, that scene is really cool, but, like, the intensity is tied to the really brief characters that he gives us a glimpse to. Yeah. And outside of that, the cool thing is, like, watching Hardy fly a plane. With and a mask we, on, talking all fucked yeah, up. And yeah, we, that's he loves that. We know that that's, like, literally a, a Nolan... Archetype. Did you guys watch Vil- uh, Venom yet? No. No. I'm hoping we get a fucking screener for it, man. Uh, you guys gotta watch Venom. It's, it's the second I'm, best superhero movie of the year. Second to, uh... uh second Spider-Man. to Spider-Man, yeah. Second best to PG-13 Deadpool? Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I liked Dunkirk, but it does the Nolan thing. Like, he couldn't just end the movie where he should have, where it's like these traumatized, PTSD-riddled, ch- basically children, like these young boys who were sent to a death war. Yeah hell war come back and they're like frozen in shock on the train like don't know what they just seen and survived it could have ended right there and like they don't know how to like readjust they get off the train like what do i do like what how do i continue living after this yeah but then it cuts to like a grand like uh <laughs> like her, her, hero's journey like speech about churchill as the sun setting or some shit i'm like come on man like you could have ended 10 minutes ago on like a much more <laughs> salient point and, and darker like, there's like some real dark plot elements where like the fucking dude from sacred deer is like dead on the boat yeah, or whatever. Um, yeah, um, yeah. Kelly Murphy shows up. Another thing, like yeah. the dude has clearly has PTSD. Yeah, I don't want to go back. I can't psychologically go back to where I've escaped it. And Mark Brown's like, nope, boy, we're going back. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's fucked yeah, up. Mark Brown's yeah, not... playing like Sailor Mister Rogers. Yeah, he had like a cardigan on. Uh, that movie ridiculous, but I enjoy. I had so yeah, it's I mean, not it was thrilling to watch. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sitting here like trying to bad mouth the movie. I think yeah. like I would. I, it's not bad. It's yeah. it's cool. It's an achievement in a lot of ways. I can't fuck with it. A different, it's a different time zone than Interstellar. Yeah, it's just not a movie that I want. Like I'm not sitting around trying to watch Dunkirk. True. Yeah, I'll never watch it again. Like, and it's not because of a theater or a a, a Blu-ray or whatever. It's yeah. just that like if I want to, I'm, it's not. Will I watch him before I die? Maybe. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't even think I'm going to finish this movie ever. That's like, I, I think, like, with, with Nolan, I know I said a couple days ago, no bad movies. I might have been capping on that. I, there, <laughs> might, there might be... That's one of them. Uh, Interstellar might be one of them. Just going back and watching it again, this movie is way too long. I, I just... I, so it, long. it took me two sittings to get through this it. This is my first time watching this since... I saw it when it originally released in theaters. I fell asleep in the theaters. <laughs> and you fall asleep. I'm, I'm, I'm good for falling asleep. <laughs> this is a three-hour film. I Can't. fell asleep at what I thought was the end. I fell asleep at the the book the bookshelf. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking that that's the end. Oh, then you gotta get you gotta get too many actually meets her. I wake <laughs> up, and when I wake up out of nowhere. Like he's on some type of planet, like and that's the part where he's, <laughs> yeah. he's in the future, like and he sees his he's, he's meets her. And I'm like, why is his daughter? That's another thing him? on this movie where like you get into like the age makeup territory. Oh and god! Shit, and it's like don't do age makeup. He like, younger than his daughter and yeah, shit. I like, woke up thinking he had like like somehow met his mom or some shit. Yeah, bro. and like I had to like when going back and watching it now was like the first time I actually was able to like reconnect. <laughs> no, have you seen? Have you rewatched uh, Mission Impossible yet? 
The one from this Not year? all the way. I started watching. I got halfway through. This motherfucker like, slept through loud, loud ass Mission Impossible. That's impressive. He, That's he, was, he tapped out 15 minutes in. It, 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 it wasn't 15 minutes. It, it was the part where they were doing the Halo less, jump. It was less. It was less. It was. I fell asleep at the part literally when they had they were doing an exchange in, in like the sewer or whatever oh, yeah. in, the yeah. in the beginning that's extreme I fell asleep woke up again fell asleep doing the halo joke uh, what's the guy who plays Superman what's his name Henry Cavill Henry Cavill they're fighting in the bathroom that's the best part yeah I wake up I see that I'm like alright I'm good I'm up <laughs> I thought I took like impromptu naps wake up this Tom Cruise is flying a, a helicopter he's not man <laughs> that's and close to the end <laughs> exactly like, not bro. man not man yeah that's me <laughs> I, I missed so, um, 85%. What do you think is next for, for Chris Nolan? After Dunkirk, I mean, I, I feel like he, if we're, if we're keeping on the parallel of like art imitating life, like he's like those kids returning home from war, like what do I do now? Like what, how do I come back into like civilian yeah. life? I don't know. He put a lot of himself in this movie. Like, like we we're talking about off mic, like sort of re- refabricated old warplanes to shoot these sequences with IMAX cameras and like, yeah, he, like, really went all out and probably took years off his life trying to make this shit. And then, like, I don't know the response was what he wanted. I, don't, I think it kind of fell flat. Like, it made a ton of money. I think it got some Oscar It got noms. praise, and it got, like, a bunch of technical yeah, noms. And people were like, yeah. this movie's sick, but, like... Then it dissipated. It, it, does, just, like, it just doesn't away. stick to your ribs. Yeah. Like, it... it I, I don't know. If I... He's kind of a frustrating guy to be a fan of. I mean, yeah. he's, he's obviously, like, one of the best. Like, he's a... He's, I would consider him a generation behind, like, the class that I consider, like, Quentin, like PTA, and yeah. Owens, and I consider, like, those three guys to be, like, the leaders of their generation. Amen. PTA, Resident Evil, <laughs> Monster Hunter on the way. Married Mila Jovovich. Bruh. For, for new listeners, we have an ongoing joke that... It's not a joke, Justin it's real. Justin thinks Paul Thomas Anderson directs the Resident Evil. It's movie. real. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? It's not Paul a joke. Paul U.S. Anderson's inherent voice. It's not a <laughs> It's not a bit. But the, the, next, like, the next generation of people, I would consider Nolan to be one of, of those, you know, in that class of people uh-huh. of his generation. Yeah. But He's the same age know. as them, too. Is he really? He's, mm-hmm. he's the same age as PTA. Is he? Yeah, that's crazy. He's 48. Yeah, yeah, he's 48. Crazy. Okay, okay. Then maybe he's, he's, just in, he's just in that class then, but... I, I mean, I, if, if I were him, the fucking Heath thing, would, I'd still be fucked up from that. You think, he, you think he's still fucked up from that? It's only 10 years ago, and in terms of, like, his career trajectory since then, I don't see how you're not kind of fucked up from that. Mm-hmm. It's just a crazy-ass thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, to know that the, your movie's sort of... Whether or not it's true, but, like, it's... It's at least attached to the death of this. Yeah, young it's attached kid. to the death of like one of the most celebrated actors, and it was also like a film series that would come to like you'd have to grapple with it, defining you as like a creative and commercial director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's also tied to like the biggest tragedy of our generation in film, basically. Yeah. Uh, and so, if that were me, ten years on would maybe be enough time to recover from that. He's just now hit that as of this year mm. uh, it'll be 11 years in January that, that he died uh, his output since that happened has been worse than his output since before that happened yeah. uh, I, I don't know I mean it, 
he it, the movie he's making weird movies. Dunkirk is a weird movie. Yeah, the, Quay the, was weird yeah. as fuck. Dark yeah. Knight Rises compared to like the other Batman movies is like a, a weird, hateful, crabby, hateful movie. Yeah, and uh, and Interstellar isn't isn't good. I mean, he's, he's, like, <laughs> he's an amazing filmmaker. Yeah, he. But I like that he's he's not overdoing it, yeah. and he's not doing a whole bunch of shit. That he's very selective, and I'm glad that he does that because he he, he you know he he won't uh, basically. Uh, burn himself out yeah you know he, he's he's kept he's, he's very very selective and he hasn't announced to this to the to date he hasn't announced what he's doing next and dunkirk was despite me not loving it for a lot of reasons was a, a step in the right direction mm-hmm. or a good like holding point at least yeah for him to stop it before he does the next movie yeah. and, and i and i think that uh we'll be waiting to see what, what he does next uh Guys, any, any any last thoughts before we we close the video store? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you can scrap Interstellar completely from his filmography, and you don't see, any, yeah, you don't see the you don't you don't see the needle move in either direction. It's it didn't do anything for the sci-fi genre as a whole. It didn't you know reinvigorate some sort of like the spirit of Kubrick in two thousand one or anything. It's like it's good, but like not enough for it to be some game changer. Train Detective was still the high point of the reconnaissance. Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. You know, it's lower tier Nolan, but it's lower tier Nolan still better than most filmmakers. Right. So yeah, you can scrap this one and not tarnish his 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 legacy or whatever. Yeah. Uh, do we want to do a quick, uh, very quick favorite holiday movie? Uh, yeah, super quick because we're not gonna we're yeah, not gonna we, see you guys yeah. or hear or we're we not gonna hear us. And we have we we live our art, folks. We have a movie to catch. Yes, uh, yeah. so we actually have to go see a movie that I guess we'll talk about when we when we get back here yeah. uh, in two weeks. Um, favorite, favorite holiday movies between Home Alone and The Christmas Story. I think those two are are Die Hard. My top three right yeah. there. Do you guys know that Die Hard is a Christmas movie? <laughs> <laughs> Most annoying thing. <laughs> I, I appreciate the fact that it quote unquote is, yeah. but it's so funny that now like people I, say it's an argument, and now yeah. it's like it's not. People it's, say it like they're like it's literally based on like Christmas Eve. Isn't yeah. It? Well, yeah. there was a big argument. Didn't, didn't one of the filmmakers or something say that it wasn't? Yeah. yeah. But it's like people say it now thinking they're like. Like, I'm going to blow your mind. I'm going to show you some brain truth. Uh, <laughs> Die Hard's a Christmas film. Oh, I never thought about it. Well, Kaylin's asked me today, like, Kaylin hasn't seen it. We were talking about watching it last night, I think. And she was like, is it a Christmas movie? And I was like, well, takes place on Christmas. So <laughs> what else can I say right. about the movie? It, it, yes, it, it is. Uh, I'm going, wait, what you go? You're, I know what you're going to go. What? Eight Crazy Nights. <laughs> oh wow! Of course, uh, that's good. I haven't seen that in so long. I actually never seen it. It's it's really bad. All the only thing I can think of from it is the dude knocking over the porta potty on the side of the highway. It's, that's like the trailer <laughs> yeah, moment. It's like just crazy it's a, it's like a ninety minute animated shit joke. My favorite <laughs> holiday movie is A Serious Man. Okay, I like that. Yeah. I like that. The that's best very movie good. about Judaism ever made. Uh, I I would. I, I'm a sucker. I I like Christmas Story. I like uh, I like home, I like Home Alone. I I think uh, so violent. I think It's a Wonderful Life has. Wow, that's a, that's the old, old man, man pick. Yeah, that's that's the old, old man, man pick. pick. Cam immediately looked at you like you're old. How old are you? It is, it is, it is a good movie. It, it's it, it's obviously old as shit. It has one of my favorite lines in a movie ever, where the the dude is at the bar with the angel Clarence, and Clarence orders like a real complicated drink. <laughs> And the bartender looks at him and he says, like, I, I hope I don't botch this, but he says something like, listen, pal, we serve hard drinks here for guys who want to get drunk fast. 
and we don't need anybody around with personality given the play's character. And it, it is my favorite. That favorite is such a thing. patism <laughs> because <laughs> I would have listened to that, that movie and been like, turn this shit off. It's, it's, uh, I like it's wonderful, but I, I, I think A Christmas Story is, is my favorite. Uh, favorite Classic. I like Home Alone a lot, but I also like Elf. Nice. Elf is good. Elf is funny. Yeah. And I don't know if this necessarily... I think this counts. Uh, a Nightmare Before Christmas. Of course it counts. Yeah, of course it counts. That's actually one of my favorites as well. It counts, I didn't even think about that movie. People think it's a Halloween movie, which it is, but it's about people learning the spirit of Christmas. Yeah. So I think that makes it a... Yeah, a Christmas, Christmas movie. movie. So. Uh, 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 Santa Claus also is... Uh, one that I like a lot. I, I, I think the Tim Allen performance. I also like that Kurt Russell Santa Claus movie on Netflix. Was it good? I don't know. I just I, saw it. I gotta watch it. Dark. I gotta watch it. It looks dark. What, has anybody seen Fred Claus? No, I have not I seen that. Awesome. What about Jack Frost? No, not the horror movie. Not Michael Keaton. I haven't seen it. People say it's sad. I don't know. I've and I heard it was sad because I, I saw it when I was a kid. Because your dead dad is a fucking snowman. <laughs> yeah, 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 snowman. Uh, it's, a, it's actually it is a kind of creepy movie when you think back about it. Bro. All Christmas movies are man. They're always sad. Yeah, uh, a, a Christmas story is like just like it's a commentary on gun violence. It's like raging horniness <laughs> and violence. Uh, uh, Home Alone is just, like pure like violent. Like that's the most violent movie. Like, he kills them. People we- get hit in the head with bricks, <laughs> and he- heads are lit on fire. Grabbing hot ass doorknobs yeah. and shit. Ah! There's no way they ever made it through that night. Uh, but yeah, th- those are our favorite Christmas picks, just for you guys yeah. who who want to watch if, some if, Christmas if you, shit. If you didn't have access to uh, any random IMDb users' top <laughs> holiday movies, those are ours. <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night. How about that, motherfucker? Black Christmas. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yes, it, just because we, we're not gonna we're not gonna hear from you guys or, or be broadcasting, of course, on Christmas. Happy Happy Holiday for whatever you believe in or the, whatever you celebrate from us at Late Fees. Um, once again, we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, let me let's pull up the schedule here. What th- do we got? I think we we had like a tentative schedule. <laughs> now we can just kind of grab bag. From we're gonna we're definitely gonna grab bag. I can't find the schedule right now. Would you happen to see where it is? I don't know. If, I think I you might have. You might be the only one. Oh no, I have it. it. We were we were going to do a bonus episode. I think that was gonna be purely. That was Christmas gonna be days. Christmas stuff. Yeah. So I think we're gonna have a completely new slate of shows for you guys going into twenty nineteen, starting with the twenty eighteen. Uh, or on December it should be twenty eighth, I believe. We'll do a recap. We could do a recap. We could definitely do a recap. I would enjoy that. You know what? Let's do our favorite. Let's actually announce. That would be the fourth, though. Oh, yeah. You're right. You're right. But that's fine. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure this out. We'll figure this whole shit out. We'll probably cut this anyway. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, until next time, of course, follow us at RNC Radio Live. We're doing a lot of cool stuff. A lot of hashtag content there. Also, listen to our playlist on Apple and Spotify. And until next time. You know, thank you for listening to Late Fees this whole year of 2018. We're so we're we're so glad to have been able to broadcast the show for you guys. Uh, We're gonna get into I guess a deeper uh, Happy New Year thing next time. But until then, uh, Merry Christmas uh, and whatever else that you that you uh, believe in. Until next time, the video store is closed, and we will be back in two weeks. So (laughs) (laughs) it's temporarily closed for the two weeks. We will be back though. All right, bye.